Welcome to Managing Marketing, and today I'm joined by Damien Francis, who's Head of Paid Content at Mumbrella, but more importantly, he's the curator of the content for all the Mumbrella events, including Mumbrella 360. Welcome, Damien. Thank you, Darren. Great to be here. Damien, uh, that's a big job, isn't it, to curate what's Australia's largest uh, marketing, media and advertising event? It is a big job. It's a uh, it's a huge event, as you well know, because you've been, I believe, to every single one of them. What can I say? I'm 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 desperate to uh, spend three days uh, mixing with my cohorts in marketing, media, and advertising. And we we appreciate your patronage. Um, <laughs> look, it's it, you're right. It's it's a huge job. Uh, not uh, just because it is a massive conference. Uh, the, the stats this year are sixty sessions two days, 15 masterclasses, 15 international speakers, uh, the logistics of that uh, are immense. Um, but it's also a huge job because as you well know, also we do a number of other events. Yeah, you've got year. your marketing summits throughout the year. That's it, we've got our marketing summits uh, of which there are a number including, but not limited to things like automotive marketing summit, health marketing summit. Retail. Uh, retail marketing travel. summit. Travel. Finance marketing summit, travel marketing summit. Uh, so we've got a group of, of those, also the B2B sports. Marketing Summit, Sports Marketing Summit. So uh, I think we will get to the end if we I, keep going. Um, I, 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 think, I think I've attended almost all of them at least once. I believe you are a, a season whole pass holder. Uh, <laughs> so I, look, if you have, great. We, we certainly don't expect you to have because we do have a lot and we do cover individual industries which won't be necessarily appropriate to everyone and that's the point of them yeah and then um, you've got very specific ones that are not industry verticals but like absolutely. sage for agencies absolutely. especially independent agencies and comscom of yes course. so things outside of the marketing summit idea like you said publish comscon uh, sage which stands for secrets of agency excellence Oh, is that what it um, That's what it originally stands for. It's kind of moved away from that a, a bit in a sense. But like you said, it's independent agencies and there's always good turnout for that. Um, and we've launched a new one this year, which is actually on uh, Thursday this week, but it's probably way in the past by the time people hear this, uh, which is uh, Mumbrella Audio Land, which is looking at the entire audio industry. Oh, right. So podcasting market. and radio. Absolutely. And Where's your money going when you buy audio Podcasting. Space? Oh, podcast. Oh, it's a podcasting. The, the <laughs> irony of talking about podcasting on a podcast. Absolutely. Um, In fact, I saw the marketoonist has done a cartoon about it saying, uh, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me as I was a guest on your podcast and you were a guest on my, you know, it just gets so uh, incestuous. Look, we've sold out tickets. I think I have, actually, that with you. <laughs> I have actually been on a Mumbrella cast twice. So there you go. This is the return favour. <laughs> We're living up to uh, Tom you, Fishburne. You couldn't get anyone better like Tim or Vivian, so you've just stuck with me. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I would say uh, having the role of curating so many events uh, uh, qualifies you to be a subject for a conversation on a podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, and it, look, it is one of the uh, bigger parts of our business as well, the conferences. Everyone knows that. Um, it, it's something we're quite proud of uh, and it's something we'll continue to invest in. You know, We will do more. 
uh, we will do different things uh, and it's a big part of our, our business play moving forward. Now, you, you brought up that, uh, the business model. Mm, mm. Um, one of the things that I really detest mm. is when I've paid to attend a conference and they have sponsored sessions. Mm-hmm. And, and some organisers are really bad at it in that almost 50% of the content is sponsored sessions. Yes. And they're basically sales pitches. Yes. I mean, how insulting for the audience to sit there, I've paid my money to attend, only to get pitched to, you know, and there's some organisations, their whole business model, they basically get one keynote and then fill the rest of the session up. Now, Mumbrella's not like that, but you do have some sponsored sessions. Yes, absolutely. How do you make sure someone doesn't mm. do a sales pitch for 30 minutes? Look, it's a very good question. Um, I'll preface this all with Mumbrella does our events quite differently. We have a team of essentially journalists who put these uh, events together. I, I'm an ex-journalist. As you know, I, I used to uh, be, the, be the, the print editor for Ad News, so I've got the background there, and, and that's essentially why I'm doing my job now. Uh, the other people on my team are also journalists. Our most recent recruit, uh, Abigail Dawson, was our senior media uh, reporter for, for Mumbrella. That's how we curate our events, essentially, is looking at it from an editorial perspective. As you mentioned, 100% you need to do sponsored sessions um, to make the business model work. But the trick is, the balancing act is getting those sponsored sessions to be valuable to the delegates, which is not easy. Uh, So we take the view that they have to be worked on very closely with our team. Now, that's either... The, the content team that I'm uh, working with, or it's people like Adam Thorne, our bespoke editor, who again, journalist by, by trade, uh, and we go through that and tailor those sessions to be sessions that we hope will be something that the delegates find interesting. So they're not just sales pitches, here's the A to Z of how to use our product. Uh, there's something a bit more valuable dealing with topics that are a bit more relevant to the delegates rather than the sales pitch. That's the idea. I hope we've uh, pulled that off. I'll let you be the judge of that because you've been to, to so many of our events. Yeah, and look, you know, there are some events, generally, I mm. agree, but there are some sessions mm-hmm. that clearly the sponsor didn't get mm. the message yes. that it's more valuable for them to impart some sort of information Absolutely. or entertainment or something other than sit there and ram their sales pitch down my throat. Absolutely. But you know what? That doesn't just go for sponsored sessions. You know, this goes for the editorially led sessions uh, as well. The amount of pitches that I take that are clearly just sales pitches uh, is huge. At least every day, a handful. Which you'd filter a lot of them. Which, of course, you would filter a lot of them. The, the sad thing about it, in a sense, is that they're from reputable brands who have a lot to contribute to the industry, who are pitching speakers who also have a lot to contribute to the industry as well. Um, and whoever's pitched it, because it's generally not the speaker who's, who's pitching, generally, um, whoever's pitched it hasn't really put in a huge amount of effort into actually tailoring a session to the conference that they're pitching to. Um, So it can take a fair bit of time to rework that or to go back and forth if it's worth it in terms of the speaker and the topic. 
Uh, I know it's not a problem, not just a problem that Mumbrella has. It's one that, that no, it's an industry problem. Do. It's an uh, industry absolutely. Problem. The the trick is with those is if it's worth it, turning them around to be something of value. Absolutely. Um, but uh, what I'm wondering is mm. obviously. You know, you guys being journalists yep. and taking an editorial approach, you must have innumerable conversations with people trying to get them focused on delivering value to the audience. Mm. And, and the reason I bring this up is that it was a conference in the UK where I'd been invited to do a session because the advisory board saw that I had something to contribute. Mm. One of my competitors had paid a fortune to have their display in the, um, you know, the... Uh, the, the expo area. The, the yep. expo area. Um, and they were completely uh, uh, furious with the organisers. Sure. Why is he getting a speaking gig yep. and we couldn't get a speaking gig? And the poor, I, I just felt so bad for the organisers mm. because they were trying to explain to them, we tried, but you just wouldn't play ball yep. with coming up with something that wasn't a sales pitch. Yep, yep. Look, it is it's uh, it's it is a recurring problem. Um, the one thing that I would suggest to anyone who's putting forward ideas is think of the delegate first and foremost. Don't think of your direct um, business in terms of you've obviously got a, a target to meet or a goal that you're trying to achieve and you believe that standing up in front of 200 people in a session is the best way to achieve that or one of a number of ways you're going to achieve that. That's fair enough, um, but are you really going to achieve that by shoving a sales pitch you know, down the throat of someone? I would argue not. Uh, well, that's for the expo. Yeah, that's for the expo. You're in the expo to pitch. Uh, yeah, and, and really, the, the presentation is about PR, reputation, mm. marketing, positioning in mm. the marketplace, isn't it? Look, at the end of the day, people want to see the people on stage as thought leaders, idea generators, uh, people they can look towards for some sort of guidance in their day-to-day job. How are you going to prove that you are that person? Now, if you can tick those boxes, you're probably going to get some pretty significant feedback. Uh, and to your point, by doing that is not a sales pitch. Doing that is sharing your knowledge and experience and sharing mm. your interesting ideas. Yeah. It, it, from, from our perspective, and we don't pay mm. to speak because I think, it, you know, we, we should be standing up there because what we have to say is of interest to the industry. Mm. Now, I understand that there are some people, but I don't think they should ever see it that they pay to do whatever they like. They still have to fulfil the obligation to the yep. audience, which is to leave them somehow richer than when they walked mm. into the room. Absolutely. And this is like why I say, you know, we have a very specific way of working with our sponsored sessions. Mm. Uh I'll be completely upfront because Mumbrella generally is completely upfront about these sorts of things. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, and where it doesn't, we turn that around and we look at how we fix that so it works next time. There are a very f- small amount of sessions where I've walked away going, wow, that really didn't work. 
which is good. Yeah, um, means you're doing your job. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And it look, but I, also you get feedback from the participants because I know and, your and app, this is it. the the Mumbrella app. Every session, there's an opportunity yes. to provide feedback. And this is it. It's not just me walking away, giving myself a pat on the back, going, "Wow, that really worked," and aren't I bloody fantastic? <laughs> look at it's, look at the bottom line. No, that's great. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. No, it, it's it's looking at the app, looking at the feedback, looking at the the email feedback that we get talking to the people in the day, you know, people like yourself and other industry leaders are certainly not shy about their opinions and that's the way we like it. We're not shy about ours either. Um, so when someone comes up to me and says, you know what, this session was fantastic, this session was rubbish, I will very happily take that opinion and find out why that was. Uh, like I say, the, the amount of people who come up to me and give me that latter opinion is become less and less, which is good. Um, but when it does, we take it seriously. Uh, and if you were to come up to me and say, Domo, at Mumbrella 360, these are three sessions that I really disliked and one of them happened to be a sponsored session. I'm going to treat all three of them exactly the same and go, okay, right. I don't care that it's sponsored or not sponsored. How do we fix yeah. what the issue How do is? I ever fix it or don't make the same mistake again? Absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, the responsibility... For all of the conferences, sessions, and this shouldn't just go for Mumbrella events, but it lands on the curator. Mm. So if there's a crap session, well, yeah, come and tell me about mm. it and rip me a new one. Go for it. Well, this is all events, you know, comedy festivals, mm, art festivals, absolutely. music festivals. You know. you know, if you've got a bad, bad performing session, it's a, it can reflect incredibly badly on the whole event. Absolutely. And what you really want to do is actually build the event as you've done mm. with Mumbrella 360 so it gets bigger and bigger every year. And that's it. And a lot of the time I will say to people who ask, what's the success metric that I use? And it's, can I get a similar or better level of delegates the next year? I'll know that 2019 was a big success if in 2020 we get more people. Mm. Because in 2019, that means people are coming back because they liked what they saw. But it's hard to judge until you see the, the sort of 2020 numbers coming in because a lot of people, you know, they like to say good things to your face or they like to sort of oh, yeah, yeah. give you the, you know, the... Yeah. How was that? Oh, it was great. Fantastic. It was, Never it was, go again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they mutter as they walk away from you after exactly. telling you how fantastic it was. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get much of that. I don't believe I have. But Well, well the you, numbers will tell. The numbers will tell. That's yeah. it. The numbers will tell... Um, We'll see how it goes next year. But we are putting on more events and we are seeing delegate increases year on year. So, you know, that's a good thing so far. He says now, breathing on anything. <laughs> one of the things that um, Mumbrella did very publicly mm. was introduce getting a balance. Yes. A gender balance. Yes. In the, um, in the makeup of the content. Yes. You know, making sure that women and men yep. were equally represented on things like panels and keynotes mm -hmm. and things like that. Has, that's a very deliberate thing. Has it been a difficult thing? It's very deliberate. Um, it's not as difficult as you would potentially think, depending on how you think. Um, it's been interesting because now that we've started that and we, we've been following that for a few years now, we are tending to see more female leaders in the industry put their names forward without us which coming is great. to them, which is fantastic. Hmm. Um, 
we are still seeing events that are male dominated. Uh, we are also seeing events which are female dominated, which you wouldn't necessarily expect because of generalizations. Mm. Automotive, for example, uh, for the last couple of events, and it's so big that we've now done a Melbourne auto event, uh, has had in general more pitches from female industry leaders, which is great to see. Uh, so I don't have to correct it too often. I guess the biggest challenge we have is the audience perception, the delegate perception uh, as well, in, in that the most common feedback I get is it wasn't an exact 50-50 split. <laughs> why, why was that? Well, you're favoring men or women or, yeah. you know. Um, and no, it's not always going to be. And I'm 100% proud to say that. I'm not looking to split my... It's not a numbers game. It's not a numbers it's a, game. It's a philosophical it's, approach. It's not a numbers game. It's equal opportunity. Uh, and it's also the uh, idea that we are getting the best people for that panel or presentation. Now, if that's three men and one woman, or three women and one man, uh, one man that's fine. Mm. Because those are the four people who are... In best. our view, the best to talk about that. Okay, so you've been focused on gender, and mm. I think diversity is really important, especially for marketing, media, and advertising, which is that space that you operate in. Yes. Is there any intention, or is there also built into what's been largely a gender focus to also start looking at diversity beyond just? Gender. Mm. So what I'm talking here is age, yep. uh, 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 race, mm. uh, culture. Mm. You know, to to bring in greater diversity mm. in the overall program. One hundred percent. In the ideal world, I would be able to mix uh, our conferences perfectly. It's not the ideal world. Um, we would like it to be, and we're working towards trying to make it something like that. Uh, we will always have comments that go beyond gender diversity, um, and that's fair. We'll take that on board. Uh, am I specifically looking for, for example, cultural diversity or, or age diversity? Not specifically. I find age, in fact, is something that kind of naturally happens quite well at Mumbrella events. Um, cultural diversity, there are definitely some conferences that could be more culturally diverse. I guess one of the challenges is that the pool that you're drawing mm. from is the industry itself. Mm. And we know that the industry is really struggling with trying to open up those that, that diversity Absolutely. across all of those different areas. I mean, I, th I think there has been a big focus. Yep. With gender. Yep. But, you know, perhaps and hopefully diversity mm. will start being expressed in every form. Yep. Um, not once once we get that balance right. Absolutely. And like I say, this is it's not something we're going to shy away with, uh, from and it's something we will continue to look at and try to balance again, matching that with the best people that we can possibly get to speak at our events. Mm. Um, it, you know, it... To your point, it's an industry pool that we're drawing from, and it's a fascinating industry to, to monitor and to watch. I mean, not least from the angle of myself being, you know, the, the son of, of immigrants. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Singaporean 
guy who has an Australian accent and you know, have I ever met another Singaporean in this industry? I can't say I have. Um, but it's not something that we can fix overnight, like gender diversity, uh, but it is something we're definitely looking at. Yeah. Well, at least creating the opportunity for people in the industry that are not the same voices, let's be honest, as a middle-aged or aging white male, uh, I should be the last person that gets a, a, a speaking gig on the profile <laughs> because uh, I'm overrepresented. Yeah, one, one could argue that. But the, the other argument is, as we've always said, and, and this goes back to our comment threads even on the website, everyone has an opinion and who are we to say that you're not entitled to that? Uh, yeah, but everyone has an arsehole as well. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that that's a, a good argument. Look, um, I just, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Mark Ritson mm. uh, recently wrote an article where he said, and I'm quoting, attend enough marketing conferences and all of them start to feel essentially the same. A slightly graying creative director in black jeans shares stories of big agency success. A perky CMO from overseas tells you about the power of purpose and how she harnessed it to generate 900% something something. Then a big keynote from someone you've never heard of but assume you're supposed to involves him sharing his ads and proves empty to the point of tedium. I mean, mm. this is a fairly cynical view of mm. uh, marketing um, uh, conferences, but you would have to say that the industry can often fall into this trap. Mm. Oh, look, like I said before, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Mark certainly has one or two or, or hundreds, uh, all of which are quite fascinating, to be, to be fair, to the point where he's speaking at Mumbrella 363 times. Um, <laughs> And because he has an opinion and, he has, and more importantly, I think he expresses it in a way that's entertaining. He expresses it in a very entertaining way. You're absolutely right. To his point on conferences, I'm not going to disagree with him. There are a lot uh, that fall into a trap of producing the same sort of thing year in and year out. And it's almost a formula. We are trying very hard not to be that. Uh, but it takes a lot of effort. We've got a lot of people at Mumbrella whose job it is to make sure that doesn't happen. It's not a case of just saying, well, I'm heading up our event content. It's up to me because you need more than one person to make sure that that actually happens. I'll just uh, pick up on mm. something there, Damien. You said there is a lot of conferences. There are a lot of there conferences. Are. This is a really competitive mm. category yep. that you found yourself in. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of conferences uh, and a lot of them do well and some of them don't. But there's also a lot of need. Whether we're actually filling that need or not, that's the challenge because you can do well one year and then you can completely fall to bits the next year because people came to your conference the year before and thought that was rubbish. Mm. It's like I said before, but I'll judge my success based on the next year next if we year. keep it going. Um the competition's huge. Uh, there are a lot of events that cover similar topics, if not exactly the same. Uh, that happens to a number of our events. But we still have very strong delegate numbers which allow us to make this uh, A, very entertaining and uh, informative for the delegates and B, a good business model for Umbrella. 
um, obviously have to balance both and uh, that doesn't look like it's going to change but we very specifically put a lot of effort into trying to do things a bit differently uh, and again uh, when we don't we get told and we do things about it that's the other uh, difference I guess for us is that we do act on the feedback um, because if we don't, this is a small industry in a, in a sense that everyone knows everyone and word spreads quickly. Uh, and if we don't act on what people say, then we will lose them very quickly. Now, I'll, I'll, if you let me, I'll, mm. I'll go on. He says, Please. a session on media disruption follows. And we've all sat through that. And then we reach the lowest circle of marketing conference hell, the industry panel. Four usual suspects balanced on high chairs look respectfully at whoever is speaking and give inanely shit answers to cliched questions like, should you trust your gut or go with the data? Just how important is creativity and how do we stop the CFO from making us short-termist? He's got a good point about um, panels because, mm. you know, from my experience, they're really hard work to make work well. Absolutely. Look, I... I just got a great idea from that. Disruption's a thing. Should, should we <laughs> come on? Did I miss something? <laughs> um, <laughs> panels. You're yeah. right. I should have used that as a uh, as a way to run out of the room very quickly. <laughs> no, you, panels. You're right. They they draw mixed reaction from the industry, and we've had people who say we love panels, and people who say we hate panels. Why do you keep putting panels on? You can't run away from that fact, and you also can't run away from the fact that the panels are a fine art to do very, very well. Um, they are hard to do that because you have... We try to get four speakers on our panels because we like a bit of uh, difference mm -hmm. of opinion. Um, and that doesn't always work because you'll get someone who will get talked over and then shy away into a corner, or you'll get someone who talks a good game prior to the panel and sits on the panel and then says the same stuff over and over again, you know, to, to Professor Ritson's point, oh, should I trust my gut more than data? And yeah. rah, rah, no, and there's nothing bored. worse there's... than when all four people all basically agree with each other on every point. You might as well have had a keynote and just said, here's the way it is. Oh, look, you know, I'd argue that there's a, a, a lot of things that are equally as bad, if not worse. I, I, I hate panels where we have one person who talks for the whole 45 minutes and doesn't let anyone else in. Okay, uh. so is, is the secret to making panels work, mm. having a great moderator, or is it about having the right people in the panel, or is it both? He says, looking at me intently, because he's moderated a number of Mumbrella panels, Darren Lee. But, um, oh, a number of industry panels. You have, indeed. Uh, but as you know specifically, uh, and we were talking about this before, it takes a hell of a lot of time to do properly. Um, you sit there and you go through the stats and the facts and the research and then you talk to all the panel members and then you try and find the best way through this conversation that will keep everyone engaged and keep everyone on the panel uh, entertained themselves by being able to share their view. That takes a lot of work. That takes hours and hours and hours, if not a few days, to, to get right, uh, which is why look, we... We'll only do a panel if we feel that we can dedicate that time to it. And it doesn't always work. And sometimes it does. 
uh, like most sessions, it's a bit of a risk. Everything's See, it's risk. interesting because you know some people say moderating mm. a panel yes. is you need the sort of journalistic skills mm. to build the narrative mm-hmm. and get the panel to tell the story. But mm-hmm. you still, as the moderator, you need to build that story. Yes. Having said that, I've seen journalists mm. run panels. Yes. And they don't get that performance. No, because I don't necessarily believe that you. It's a hundred percent journalistic skill. I think it's journalistic skill for sure, but it's also uh, industry knowledge uh, because you need to know what you're talking about. There's no point doing a vague, broad panel because that's exactly what Mark Ritson's describing in that article you read out. You need to go deep on panels. You need to, to talk about some specifics. You need to go into industry questions that aren't broad, that are focused so that you can actually pull out some really interesting insights that people might not have thought about or known about. Um, to do that, you need a moderator who has that industry expertise. That's why we rely on people like you to moderate some of our sessions. Um, I'll balance it out by also saying people like Kim McKay from yeah. Click Communications, one of our great moderators, because she balances the journalistic skill with the industry knowledge. And she's also not afraid to ask hard questions. I think that's one of the things. And, mm. and especially I know having participated in Mumbrella 360 yes. in Asia, people are very concerned mm. about asking an awkward mm. question in a panel yep. because of not wanting to upset the panellist. But I think that even happens here to a lesser and, and probably a, a less obvious extent. But, you know, I think... Panels, you must get a lot of people proposing panels, mm. right? We get a lot of people proposing panels, um, but we won't let through a lot of them because of all the points we've just discussed. It's easy to propose a panel because you just say, well, here's the speakers and here's our moderator and we're going to talk about one X. sentence topic. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to fly for delegates. Uh, you, there needs to be so much work put into that to make sure something like that works. Um, and there has to be variety in those panel members as well. There have to be people who are looking at it from completely different aspects too. Um, it, it's difficult. It's really, really difficult to get wrong. And I think a lot of people do get it wrong. And hence, there is now this idea in the industry um, from some that panels are rubbish or not worth the time or why are you putting panels on? Uh, I'm not on a crusade to change their opinion necessarily, but I am still going to put on panels that I believe can hold value for the delegates. It really falls to the moderator. Um, what I'd say is if there's people out there suggesting they're going to do a panel, mm-hmm. they need to, as the moderator, take the responsibility for making that work. Yes. Because I've seen too many pedestrian panels Yes, where someone's got four or five questions and they basically go through the list and they're not even listening to what the panel's saying to make it interactive. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say I 95% agree. The other 5% I'd say is, you know, again, harking back to my job, for example, the conference curator or the conference itself has to take responsibility of ensuring that the people that they're putting forward are equipped to do what you've asked them to do. Uh, so there's no point asking a 
industry expert to put forward a panel or, or to say that their panel pitch is fantastic if you're not going to then sit down with them afterwards and go, right, here are the questions that I think you should ask as well. What do you think? And have that discussion. Here are some of the awkward points within that discussion as well, which we know the delegates are going to want to know. Have that discussion. Uh, and here's what actually works in terms of being a moderator. This is what you have to do. This is your job. You know, get the panel members equally involved. Go to the audience when they have questions. If you don't get a response to your question, go back, ask it again. Not everyone's media trained. We can't assume mm. that they are. So if you want to put them on as moderators, or if you want to put a panel session on, be prepared to do the work to make sure it works. Perhaps that's uh, that's an idea, is uh, Mumbrella could start offering media training. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. I, I can see another revenue stream there. Maybe. I'm, I'm a little bit too busy for that at the moment, but I, I, I hear our editorial team is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, uh, really looking forward to uh, the events coming up. There's Mumbrella 360, obviously, every year. You've got your marketing summits uh, sprinkled throughout the that's year. That's it, yep. Um, thanks for making the time. It must you must be incredibly busy. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I think everyone in this industry is so appreciate you doing this uh, podcast as well and, and taking the time to discuss the topics. Now, one final question mm. before you go: Shoot. What is the most memorable session you've ever had? Mm.